Hello and welcome to Cocoa Pods, a podcast of the Birth Center for Natural Deliveries Foundation. My name is Dr. Bola Sugadi, and I'm a women's health specialist. On this podcast, we talk about all the issues that could affect a woman's health, all the potential problems and how we can mitigate these problems. Today, we're fortunate to have with us simply called Kwabi. Kwabi, thank you for coming to our podcast today. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Thank you for coming. Kwabi, you are finally the author of a book. Yes. And the title of the book is 50 Questions to Answer When You Reach 50. Why did you write this book? You know, apart from your children and your family members asking you over the years, when are you going to write that book? When are you going to write that book? So one of the reasons why I decided to write this book is probably when I was about 47, I did a series of interviews with women who were 50 and over. And one of the things that they said repeatedly was they described, they actually used the word invisible to describe themselves. Mm. And I thought to myself, wait, 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 wait. You get to 50, you've done all these amazing things, you have all this experience, and now you consider yourself invisible. And so that put me on this path where I started doing a lot of research. And it's a thing. Women actually feel invisible after they hit a certain age. And I thought, you know what? I am going to be that person that makes an impact by giving women that opportunity to rediscover who they are and give themselves permission to really live this next life on their own terms. In other words, create this next chapter on their own terms and let them realize that, you know what, this doesn't have to be the end. This can actually be the beginning. And so through the book, to me, it's almost like, you know, like a handbook, like a guide to help women discover this next chapter on their own terms. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much for that. You know, now before you hit age 50 as a woman, there are preceding years in in which a woman is younger or still in her childbearing years before her body begins to change. Estrogen produced by the ovaries begin to fluctuate yeah. and there's a change in the menstrual cycle. Yeah. How can we describe or define this period of life that we call the menopause? And how can we describe it in a non-clinical way? That is, you know, from your experience, from your clients, what are the things that you are hearing? So for a lot of the women, their bodies are changing. That's the first thing. So they notice sometimes they get more tired. Sometimes sleep is a problem. Like it's really hard to fall asleep. Some of them have hot flashes. Some of them have night sweats. Some of them have more joint pain. Some of them, you know, they, they don't remember things as, you know, quickly. But one of the things with all of that, because that's really perimenopause, and once you haven't had a period for 12 months, then it's like menopause hits. But one of the things, and it has to be consecutively. So let's say, for instance, you don't have a period for 11 months. The period comes at the 12th month. Guess what? It starts all over again. And I know for some women listening, like, really? I'm like, yes. But the thing is, I like to look at menopause as a blessing. And I know some women are listening and thinking, seriously, do you know what I'm going through? I say that because you have been able to experience it. There are women that don't get to experience it. And guess what? Think about the alternative. You are here. And so thinking about it that way also allows you to experience menopause in a different way. Because if you think about it, if you think, oh, my God, this is, you know, this is so terrible. This is too challenging for me. That's going to evoke feelings of, you know, impatience and that this is the worst thing ever. But if you look at it as a blessing, you're opening yourself to the possibility that, you know what? Let me look for other ways around this. 
let me at least experience it and realize that, you know what, it happened to me because I'm living. And then gratitude can decide to kind of lead you down the path where, you know, you can find options for yourself. Wow. Wow. Yeah. wow thank you. You know, <laughs> then comes age 50, you know, because this perimenopause starts around age 30s, 40s, right. but then comes age 50. And yeah. actually at the average age of 51, Correct. most women in the United States hit menopause. Yes. And you talked about it some more, but... You know, what else happens in your 50s, also known as, you know, menopause, you know? Well, the other thing that happens is because our bodies are changing, you know, kids are getting older, you know, relationships are changing. There's actually a high rate of divorce for, in that age range, unfortunately. And so women sometimes find themselves alone. If you're working a career, maybe you get passed over because now they're looking for, to the younger ones. It's a challenging time. And so my goal is to really help women think a different way and not to go with the societal norm of, okay, once you hit 50, your life is over. No, there are so many amazing opportunities available. And that's why I wrote this book, to give women that chance so they can look at their lives and decide, you know what, I can do something else. I'll give you an example. A woman, she sent me a message last week. She's 51. She's in her first year of medical school. I was like, what? I mean, to me, that's amazing. And that's what I want to inspire women to really recreate this next chapter on their own terms. Wow. Powerful, mm -hmm. powerful. Yeah. You know, there are some health conditions happening to women now yes. that can show up badly in the mm. midlife. You know, there are risk factors for cardiovascular diseases yes. that are called diseases of the heart and blood vessels yes. that are unique to women. Mm -hmm. Women that have hypertension during pregnancy, that is, you know, just gestational hypertension, mm. they have a higher risk later in life yes. of having cardiovascular diseases and high blood pressure. Women that have preeclampsia, that yeah. is a disorder that occurs during pregnancy and after childbirth, these women have a greater risk of developing cardiovascular diseases later in life. Yeah. Also diabetes, women that have diabetes in pregnancy, there is a risk of developing diabetes later in pregnancy. Even the common polycystic ovary disease, PCOS, mm. you know, a condition that leads to a hormone imbalance that affects a woman's monthly menstrual period, her ovulation, her ability to get pregnant, her metabolism. She can even have a higher risk of cardiovascular disease later in life. Yeah. Certain autoimmune conditions of the body, you know, in which the body attacks its own tissue, such yeah. as lupus, rheumatoid yeah. arthritis, which are more common in women. They're also associated with cardiovascular risk later in life. Everything is later in life. So yeah. how do we suggest a woman not yet in menopause lower this risk, you know, if you are going to talk about this from a non-clinical point of view, yeah. so that by the time they are hitting this age, yeah. they have done some things to help things be better. Yeah. And it all comes down to what is your lifestyle? Because the lifestyle change is really going to help. And even if you reach 50, this is what I tell women. I, I like this Chinese proverb where it goes, when was the best time to plant a tree? Okay, 100 years ago. When is the next best time? Right now. So even if you have, because some people say, well, I, I, ne I never used to do this before. It's okay. You can decide now that this is your time now where you decide to change your diet, start to exercise. These are lifestyle changes. And listen, you don't have to do all at once because sometimes that can be overwhelming. Start small. Like with my clients, I tell them, you know what? When we start movement, we do 10 minutes a day. 
I'm like, just find 10 minutes in your day. Because for some people, even finding 10 minutes is a struggle because they're not used to doing things for themselves. And so you start small. Even with your food, you start to do the diet, you know, looking at what you eat. You start small. You don't have to like, oh, all of a sudden just change everything. You take out the no sugar, no flour. Because there's certain, actually as women, as we get older, there's certain foods that we get more susceptible to. Like for instance, sugar, I call it the toxic five. Sugar, flour, dairy, gluten, and alcohol. They tend to affect women, women as you get older in different ways. And so these are some things that you need to pay attention to. And even if, you know, you're used to eating all these things in the past, be open to finding out if it still works for you right now. And that's the question I always ask my clients, like, is it still working for you right now? Like, find out. Because our bodies are so different. And even the so-called healthy food, you can eat that right now and it can make you feel bloated. I'll give you an example. For me, I don't eat cab cabbage anymore. When I eat cabbage, I feel bloated. But cabbage is healthy. And so I want women to start to be more aware of what works for them. Mm. Because that's going to help them in the long run. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, you know, a, a, a woman would come to me and in menopause and cries to me, the doctor, mm. and says, I, I have to work hard at my eating habits. It's difficult to exercise. I'm, 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 I'm burning up. These are some of the things I hear the women saying. Men, mm. I, I can't lose weight. And like you said, uh, the body's response to certain foods mm. change, Changes. you know. So can you talk to us more about this lifestyle changes, the yeah. nutrition, the exercise and all these other things, yeah. you know? So like those food, like that toxic five, like when I work with my clients, the first things I tell them to take out, sugar and flour. And the reason why I tell them to take those out, because those foods typically cause inflammation for most people. And the other thing is when you do the sugar and flour, it makes you more hungry. Like once my clients take it out in the beginning, and I listen for everyone listening, it is not easy. But I want to say this, a lot of you listening have done harder things for other people. This is the time for you to do these things for yourself and start to think differently because some of us think, oh, it's so hard. Listen, whenever you think something is so hard, you're not going to attempt it. Think about, I can do this, even though it's hard. So once you start to think about it differently, you open yourself up to even trying it. And like those five foods I talked about, the gluten, dairy, sugar, flour, and alcohol, those I tell my clients to kind of take out gradually, but the first ones they take out, sugar and flour, and they see a difference. Like even the bloating, it goes down. And then for a lot of them, I also tell them, let's look at exercise. And as we get older, cardio is okay, but weight-bearing exercises are even more important as we get older, especially, for, you know, to prevent osteoporosis. I think that's really important. And so I, I like to encourage women, I'm like, don't worry, you won't bulk up because sometimes we think, oh, I don't want to get bulky. It's not about getting bulky. It's about finding the weight and having more repetition. But the thing is, most women have to start exercise and even eating healthy. They have to think about their mind first. Like, I'm doing this for myself. You've done all these things for so many other people all this time. Let's start to focus on you. Because with new advancements in medicine, most of us are going to live in our 80s, 70s, 80s, probably even 90s. How do you want to live this next chapter of your life? Because you can have this long life, but what's the quality like? And so taking into account what you're eating and exercise is going to make a big difference. And start baby steps. No one's telling you to do everything all at once. You can just start little, you know, little steps. And one thing you have to do that helps is as you're taking those steps, celebrate the wins. You know, sometimes it's not even about the scale. Sometimes you get non-scale wins like, oh, all of a sudden I woke up in the morning, my stomach looks flat. Oh, thank you. Be excited about that. It's called the power of small wins. 
And your brain gets that dopamine hit in the brain when you celebrate. And so that's the other thing. Women, we're celebrating everyone else but ourselves. Celebrate. That's important too. Wow. Wow. Thank you. So, you know, just, you know, you've talked about a healthy lifestyle, you know, nutrition. And I just want to add that, you know, eating a balanced diet, including calcium, vitamin D yes. to maintain strong bones, regular exercise, you know, it slows down bone loss. We know mm -hmm. that in medicine yeah. and improves your overall health. You talked about weight-bearing exercises and examples of that is like walking. This can keep your bones strong. Mm -hmm. Strength training strengthens the muscles and bones by resisting against weight. Yes. You know, using an exercise band or handheld weights or even using your own body yeah. as a weight That's true. and then balance training such as yoga you know tai yes. chai yes. can help avoid falls that could lead to broken bones yeah. and you know as a healthcare professional i want to make i want to advise that patients still continue with their routine healthcare oh, and, yes. and dental checkups now for the creation of your book yes. you are very deliberate about producing a book that gives the reader the ability to easily take action. Yes. Why was this such an important aspect of your journey? So about two years ago, I was on this kick where I love to read books. I'd like read all these different books and I'd get excited while I'd be reading the books and I'll attend all these different classes. But what I noticed was I wasn't taking as much action once the book was over. And I told myself, if I were to ever write a book, I want to write it in a way where I bring the reader along the journey, but they're taking part in the journey alongside while reading it because they're able to take action. And so I want, because I don't want them to just read the book and put it down. I mean, I haven't done anything. I want them to be able to read the book and be part of the journey, which means that they have to answer the questions. And like I wrote in the book, none of the answers is I don't know. That is not a valid answer for any of the questions. So it allows you to think of yourself because I don't think women, we don't do that. We're like doing all these different things. I want you to take the time to read the book and focus on yourself because no one can provide the answer for you. You have to kind of think about it and then provide the answer. Wow, wow. Again, in your book, 50 questions to answer when you reach 50. I just love that topic. <laughs> you know, your aim is for the readers to learn even more about who they are yes. and in the process grow in more ways than one. Yes. You know, you ask readers to answer all the questions and each one honestly in yeah. the book. Yes. Is, is this so to deflate what you described as the youth obsessed culture? Is that part of one of the That's reasons of you it. want them to write it down? And, yeah. mm -hmm. It is one of the reasons because I want them to focus on themselves and I want women to fall in love with themselves one question at a time. And if they're not able to answer the questions, like you're not allowing yourself to even think about you. I want you to think about yourself. You've thought about everyone else. And so for me, this book is a way for women to really dig deep and start to fall in love with themselves. Because I think self-love is a foundation for anything that you want to do in life. That is what keeps your goals sustainable. Without self-love, you do a few things and you stop. I mean, think about it. The people that you love, what do you do for them? You protect them. You take care of them. You even do things when you don't want to do things for them. I mean, we do that. So let's do that for ourselves. As we're doing things for ourselves, you have moved from a, a different society from which you grew up in. And in your book, you alluded to some of the ways that society 
might make women feel even as they grow older? And you mentioned yes. some of the things already, but what are some of the things as women are getting older, they need to be aware of and talk to themselves about so that they know. And as they're getting older, what are some of the things that society make women feel? So one of the things that is a common statement that some women start to think about is it's too late. Like if they want to do something like a goal of theirs, they're like, oh, it's too late. And I want women to question that thought. Like, is it really too late? Or are you just assuming that it is because society has said it's too late because you're of a certain age? Because sometimes it's not that, not, that might not be true. And I want women to realize all their thoughts that come up may not be true. It's like, why can't you do that? I mean, there are some things, okay, that might be too late, but you might be able to do a variation of that. Because I know that when it comes down to it and you're, you know, on your deathbed, you're older, what are some of the things that you want to be happy that you did? You know, do you want those to be more than the things you regret? Like that's, um, for me, my goal is to really give women a glimpse of the life and the possibilities that are available to them. That's why I wrote this book. Like I want women to really like say, okay, you know what? I can do this. I might be over 50, but why not? Like, why not? And so I want them to question everything. Like, even if society says you can't, like, why not? It's like society might say, okay, you're supposed to do this or you're supposed to be, you know, it's a death sentence once you hit 50. You're not supposed to really be seen or heard or valued. But guess what, though? You can decide that's your story. But you can also decide, you know what, that's not your story. You get to choose that. And society has a way of making women feel that as they age, their value diminishes. I want to say to women listening right now, your value does not diminish as you age. No, society might say that, but that is not true. And we know that, but sometimes we, because we see it so much, we kind of fall into the, you know, okay, I'm just going to let it go. It doesn't really matter. But no, people are starting new careers at this age. I spoke with a lady the other day. She's 87. She started a business at 67 and she just retired at 87. I was like, what? You know, so there are so many amazing, I mean, the world that we live in now, you can create so many different things. And I have to say that I am a direct recipient of your <laughs> motivational uh, uh, advice and skills because I remember sitting with you and saying, I mean, during COVID, you know, mm -hmm. I, I want to educate women more. I want to start a podcast more. And you were the person that said, why not? And I just want to thank you for oh, that encouragement, Ben. I just want to make sure that I, I say that. Oh, you know. thank you. Thank you so much, you know. <laughs> and, you know, one of your favorite quotes in your book, mm -hmm. 50 Questions to Answer When You Reach 50, is by Dele Olanubi. And the quote said that you are here to take up space loudly, proudly, and fiercely. Yes. How is this a time to show up? Um, be seen. How can we encourage women in an enduring lifetime of living this out? I love that quote. I just think it's yeah. just amazing that women get to, but we get to do this. It's like, why can't we? This is our time. And I think also one of the reasons why I love that quote is I really think in us showing up proudly, loudly, and fiercely, we give the younger generation something to look forward to. Someone said the other day, and I just loved it. She's in her thirties and she says, wow, you make 50 look so exciting. That's my goal. I want the younger generation to say, look at what these women are doing, 50s, 60s, and 70s. We get to create this. There is nothing like, what is stopping us from doing that? 
we can do this. And I want to share with women that this life that I'm talking about, it's not exclusive to certain people. It's available to everyone. If that's what you want, it's available to you. So those thoughts that kind of limit you or make you feel, oh, you know, I'm too old. I can't do this. Challenge those thoughts. Like, why do you think you can't? Like, why? And I look at this generation. If we start to do that, I really think we could change the world. Like if more women, you know, spoke up proudly, boldly and fiercely in their 50s, 60s and 70s, I think this world would change because think about what kind of experience we've amassed up until 50. We have gone through so much. We have so much experience. We have a lot of knowledge. And this is our time to actually birth new ideas to the world. That's the other thing. Once you hit 50, I'm sure most of the ladies listening, when you hit 50s, 60s, and 70s, all of a sudden you have a lot of ideas coming forth. But most of us kind of squash it down. We kind of suppress it. I want you to allow those to come up and birth them all out into the world. I think the world will change. Wow, wow, wow. You know, Kwabi, you are a certified life coach for women in their 50s. You're an author, you are a speaker, entrepreneur, and a lifelong member of Team Have Fun. <laughs> Tell us about Team Have Fun and what does life coaching entail? Okay, so let me tell you about Team Have Fun. So yeah. I'll give you an example. So I love to dance, right? So I don't care, you know, you're looking at me, I'll dance. And I remember just before COVID, like December of 2019, I told my kids, you know, I'm going to go on TikTok. I'm going to go on TikTok. And my kids were like, mom, no, don't do that. And you know, I listened to them. I'm like, okay, I won't go on TikTok. And then in March, I said, you know, I'm going to go on TikTok. My kids were like, no. And I said to myself, why not? They're like, oh, it's not, oh this is the term they hear. They said, well, it's not for your age. It's for Oh, as soon as they said that, I was like, okay, it's on. And I went on. And then I told my son, my youngest, and I said, will you dance with me on TikTok? My youngest son's like, okay. He's young. He's like, okay. So my 17-year-old at the time, I said, will you dance with me on TikTok? He's like, nope. He said, well, mom, if you get 10,000 followers, I'll dance with you. Guess what happened? I got 10,000 followers and he had to dance with me. <laughs> but I say this because that was fun for me. Right. I love and I think a lot of women, sometimes you don't want to have fun because you're thinking of what other people will say. Listen, if you have kids, your kids are going to say stuff, but just go ahead and do it and have. And it brings me joy. And I think that being able to live life with joy is like priceless. A lot of women, I want you to start to think about some of the things that you love to do as a child that you gave up on that you can still do now. That will bring you so much joy. I, I encourage you to start to find ways to bring that back into your life. You will be so thankful for doing that. And then life coaching. So life coaching is essentially someone that helps you create this next chapter. So we're based on the future. So it's more future thinking um, as opposed to a therapist that kind of is based on the past. We think about how you want to live your life currently, what you're doing now, and how we can create even more in your life in the future. And so the way I do my life coaching is based on my thoughts. So I'm thinking about helping you become more aware of how you're thinking and the way you're thinking right now, is it creating the results that you want in your life? And if they're not like, let's start to think about that. Like, okay, if that's not the results you want, what are some of the thoughts that can create the kind of result you want in your life? Like, how do you want to feel? Because that's one of the other things. Everything you think about provides a direct feeling. And based on your feeling, you're going to do one thing or the other. And so we have to kind of track that back and say, okay, if you want this, like, how do you need to feel to create the action that's going to provide the result in your life? And so that's kind of how life coaching works. And it can apply to anything. Wow, yeah. Wow. I mean, that is important because 
now, you know, in this season of this post yeah. podcast, we will have women in childbearing years mm -hmm. that are not near menopause, but they can learn lessons now oh, yes. and add their answers to the questions in your book, even before they approach menopause. So this book is also useful for women before they reach uh, 50 oh, yeah, because oh, yeah. they can start cataloging. Women in their childbearing years can start cataloging what they need to be doing right now yes. in preparation for midlife. What are the, some of the things they should start cataloging now? Well, the thing is, actually, I've had people who are in their 30s buy the book. Mm quite frankly, because these are questions that apply to any female, like like one of the first questions in the book, which but strangely enough is one of the questions that people find it find very hard. One of the first question is, name 20 things you love about yourself. That can apply to any woman, but guess what? It is such a hard question. Most women, they're like, uh, maybe two or three. I'm like, no, you need to answer 20. And so that, and the reason why I started with that question is, I started with that question because I want women to be in the frame of mind where they're appreciating who they are. We don't do enough of that. And because when you appreciate yourself, you do more for yourself. And so that is, I use that as a foundation because it's like building a house. If the foundation isn't solid, the house is going to fall down. And so that's why I start with the love thing. Like, what is it that you really love about yourself? I talk about your goals. Like, what are some of the things that you've kind of said you want to do, but you've kind of like pushed to the side because you're like, I don't know what people will say. Um, you know, I, I don't think I can do that. What will my family think? Like, start to do those things. Like, I really believe that we're put on this earth for a purpose and we have certain purposes that we're put on this earth for. And so I think it's important that when we have those goals, there's a reason why we have those goals. God puts it in us for a reason. And so I want women to really live out those goals and not be scared. Because the thing is, I can't even guarantee if those goals will come true. But I know one thing for sure. You're going to become a different person in that process. And even if it doesn't work out, that is one thing you can check up and say, you know what? I did that, regardless of the outcome. And I think that to me is priceless. Wow, wow, yeah. wow. You're an eternal optimist, you know. But you also exercise avidly. Um, you run. You look like you're in your late 20s. <laughs> I and, don't know about that. <laughs> yes, and you are well into your 50s. I mean, what tips would you give to listeners on how to keep being motivated by exercise? Okay, this is one thing I tell my clients. I'm like, don't stop. There are going to be times when, you know, because some of us are like fixated on the scale. It's not moving. You're like, okay, this isn't working. But I'll tell you this. It's not working. It's not true. Because sometimes it's not about the scale. Sometimes it might be, oh, you notice that, oh, you know, I wore this dress. It's much looser. Don't get so caught up in the numbers on the scale. The number on the scale is just data. Just look at it as data, right? And I always tell all my clients, keep on going. The only reason why this won't work is if you stop, really. You know, there are ups and downs. It's just the way it works. But if you keep on going, you will see the end. And you, eventually you'll be like, oh, wow, this is, and it's a lifestyle, you know, once you get used to it, your body now starts to crave it. That's one thing I've noticed. Like once you start to do it in the beginning, it's like your body's like, why am I doing this? And then you kind of get used to it. But start off small though. Don't just jump in because I've had that before where people are like, okay, I want to work out four or five times a week. I tell them, no, just start with three times, 10 minutes. They're like, can I do, you can do more, but I want you to be consistent. And when you decide that you're going to do this, write it down and honor that commitment that you've made to yourself. You're betting on yourself right? So you've decided, okay, I'm going to exercise three times a week. Stick with it. 
Don't break that commitment you've made to yourself. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. You matter. Mm, 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 mm. You talk about the concept of an impossible goal. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I want you to give the the listeners a teaser okay. of, of what what you were thinking there. You know, so an impossible goal is a goal that you're like, oh my goodness, could this even happen? Is this even possible? I want because we have all these ideas, you know. Sometimes, and you know, we can allow our creative juices to flow to the max, and that's what I envision when I talk about an impossible goal. And, you know, that goal that gets you excited, like, oh, my goodness, if this happened. But the reason why I do that is you might not even reach the goal. But guess what? You're taking steps towards it. So, so many different things happen along the way. I've seen it happen in my clients. And so I want to encourage everyone to just put down an impossible goal, whatever that is. Like something you're like, you're like, wow, if this happened, wow, this would be like amazing. And you can't even. And don't worry about the how. We're not concerned about how it's going to work. Just put it down as a goal, but write it down because writing down gives your goal life. It's almost like planting a seed. So writing it down is like giving it life, but it could be anything. I just want you to really go out there, like push your creativity to the max and put it out there on paper. <laughs> I mean, so if I wrote out in the journaling section of your book, is that yeah. something I go back to keep, yes. to encourage myself oh, to keep, you yeah. know, That's because it. I can see it. Now you it's out of it. my head. Thank you. Yeah. That's the other thing. Cause you want to bring it out. Do you know how many ideas we have floating? And then guess what happens as you get older, it's push the back, something else come push the back, write it down. Cause when you write it down, you see it. And when you see it, it grows. Wow. You used one of my favorite proverbs in your in your book uh, already. <laughs> uh, we talked about the best time to plant a tree. <laughs> the Chinese proverb, the yeah. best time to plant a tree was yeah. 20 years ago. Right. But the next best time is right now, That's you it. know. That's it. And I particularly like the question 16 in your book that said that, do the people I surround myself with regularly add value to my life. And you'll be surprised, you know, you would think that, oh, you know, I, I, I don't have the peer pressure of a teenager or of a college student, but you'll be surprised at the <laughs> older women yeah. that are still affected by quote-unquote oh, yeah. peer pressure. Oh, yes. So do you want to just tell us more of what you were thinking yeah. in this question well, 16 of your book? Yeah, and that was really about the expectations of other people. One of the things that women, unfortunately, that we do that sometimes doesn't serve us is people-pleasing. It's like you want to please everyone around you. And in doing so, you do nothing for yourself. It's like it's almost sometimes we kind of morph ourselves into different characters depending on who it is. And then you wake up at 50 or 51 and you're looking at yourself, you're like, who am I? I have that. I mean, I have that question. My clients come to me with that question all the time. They're like, they look at themselves in the mirror. They don't know who they are anymore because they have fit into different boxes, carved out by different people just to make those other people happy. And in doing so, they live a very mediocre existence and sometimes don't even know who they are. And that was the reason why I wrote that question. Like, so the people around you, it's like, it's okay for you to be. And I know it's kind of scary because you're like, if I come up with my true self, will the people around me still love me? Because that's what it boils down to. That's why we people please. We people please because we want people to like us. But the truth is, if you're not really being yourself, that means they're not liking the true you. They're liking a fragment of who you truly are. And so as scary as it is, we need to really 
be who we are. And the thing is, the people that truly love you will be there for you. And the others, they won't. But that means they didn't really love the real you anyway. And to me, that's okay. Hmm. Wow. So how do you shed, um, <laughs> you know, friends that you're finding out that, you know, they're not for me or I shouldn't be around them? You know, what are the tactical ways in which you can move away from those relationships? Well, so one of the things that most of those relationships kind of drop off organically, because once you start to show up as your true self and they're not on board with that, they drop off. And sometimes, you know, you just have to decide that you're going to have some clear boundaries. Like if they no longer want to kind of support what you're doing or you notice that when they're around you, they're not very supportive or they make statements that don't, they're not encouraging. You just put clear boundaries and you decide that you limit the amount of time you spend with them. And these things happen. They just happen on their own. I've noticed that happen all the time. Once you start to show up as your true self, the people that are not really that interested in you, they drop off. And if it's a case where you have to make it known, you just put clear boundaries. Wow. And it's, 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 it's challenging because sometimes you lose friendships that you still want, but you just know that it's no longer right for you. Wow. So just as the, the, the body is changing, your environment, your social oh, life, everything yes. is changing. Oh, your circles are changing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like your mm. friendships. And I want to encourage women. Sometimes we hold on to friendships because we have so much history. Having history with someone doesn't mean that the friendship isn't ready to, you have to continue with the friendship. Some friendships are there for a season. Some friendships end, even though you have this whole history. And there might be a friendship you just started that is more valuable to you at that time. And it's okay. Sometimes we, we feel so bad, but the thing is, it's not, it no longer serves, it's no longer beneficial, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Besides the menstrual cycle changes, yeah. you know, women go through other signs and symptoms of menopause. One of the most common ones is the hot flashes. <laughs> you know, they've come and like, I'm burning up, you know. Yeah. Or they can't sleep at yeah, night. They can't one. seem to fall yeah. asleep or they're yeah. just having night sweats or the the female track and the urinary track change yeah. and, and, and they feel feminine dryness yes. and frequent uh, urination sure. and, um, you know, there, there are actual health risks that increase during the perimenopause and menopause that women could start addressing, you know, while they are younger so that it doesn't become an issue later. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, even for the hot flashes, a pattern of regular exercise can help address that, yeah. you know, you know, what are some of the other, I guess, non-medical changes yeah. that the women have mood changes? What are yeah. some of the other things? Mood changes are, a good one. And then mm. brain fog too. That's a, a big one. Brain like fog. fog what what is that? Where it's like, you know, you get more forgetful. You just mm. don't, it's like all of a sudden everything isn't very clear. Like, mm. for instance, you know, you're upstairs, maybe you go downstairs to the kitchen. All of a sudden you're like, why, why am I here? <laughs> I'm like, what did I come here for? You completely forget. Meanwhile, you can remember other things, but you're like, I know I was supposed to come here for something, but you just don't remember. I mean, another thing is muscle pain. A lot of women get like a lot of muscular pain as they get older. But, you know, these changes, I don't know. I just look at them as blessings, you know, mm -hmm. in disguise. But I, you mentioned the thing about what women can do. I'll give you an example of mine. So for me, another thing that helped me with my um, menstrual symptoms was alcohol. I don't drink alcohol anymore. Completely stopped it. Because, and I stopped it about three years ago, because whenever I would drink alcohol, 
my menopausal symptoms become more severe. And so I started paying attention to that. So I think as women, start to pay attention if there's a correlation. Because sometimes certain foods, or in my case was alcohol, can actually increase the severity of your symptoms. And so I stopped drinking alcohol. So I don't drink it anymore because I'm like, my overall wellness is way more important than alcohol. So I'm like, I'm giving that up. And so I let it go. (laughs) I mean, you know, what is your favorite part of the book? I mean, it's just, I like the fact that it's a, it's a, book and a journal mm-hmm. uh, so that women can document their thoughts and their feelings and put it in writing and mm-hmm. maybe even go back yeah. several years later and, yeah. and compare and yeah. say, well, did I say this then? Yeah. Or this is much better now. Yeah. But when you look at the whole book, what, yeah. what, what are your favorite parts so, of this book? So let me tell you my favorite part. My favorite part is the, that the fact that this book can be a legacy. So I look at this book as Your great-grandchild can look at this book later and say, oh my goodness, this is what my great-grandmother was like? Because it's in words, it's in your own words. They can get a glimpse of who you are just by reading the book. And so I want this book to something that lives long after all of us that have written in it. And our great-grandkids, great-great-great-grandkids can look at it and say, oh, look at grandma, she did that? You know, that's what she was about? Because that's our history. So you're passing it down for generations to come. So to me, that's my best, that's the best part for me. Wow. Wow, wow. As we're getting towards the closing of this, you had a closing poem, mm-hmm. a simply beautiful midlife. That's what you titled yeah. it. What excerpt from this beautiful poem would you want to leave with our listeners today? I want to let leave with them that changes will come, but we need to embrace the change. This is our journey. Like, Let's celebrate ourselves. Like this is, we're changing. It's almost like we're a butterfly. We're changing. We're morphing into, you know, like we're a caterpillar, but now we've become a butterfly. You know, I want you to look at aging, embracing it and looking at it as, wow, this is a great time for me to decide to explore and just embrace the possibilities that are ahead of me as opposed to like, oh my goodness, this is over. No. That's why I call it the simply beautiful midlife. Like this is a beautiful time in your life and be open to all of the experiences that come along with it. It's part of life, but let's look at it as a beautiful experience. That's so positive. You know, Kwavi, I I just (laughs) want to thank you so much. I mean, you are an author, a publisher, and, and this book, by the way, is available on Amazon you have just lifted up a lot of people just with the with, with your strength and your spirit, you know, just giving hope. And we hope to, through our foundation, give out a lot of these books to women, mothers of uh, patients that have yes. had babies yes. and, and even our patients so that yes. they can start planning towards that period of their lifetime. And so, Kwavi, I want to thank you so very much for coming on Coco Pods podcast and helping women all over the world understand some of the questions we all have as we are getting older. I just want to thank you very much and we look forward to having you again. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak with your audience because my goal is I really want to impact a million women through all of this. So thank you so much. Wow. Thank you. You're welcome.